What is going on guys? My name is Mac and across from me virtually for the 42nd time Lifelong friend basketball connoisseur Garrett Howell and we are bringing you guys the Press Breaker podcast brought to you every Friday 9am Eastern 8am Central on the All You Need to Know page sponsored by All You Need to Know the show where you talk about everything learn about nothing hear about everything learn about nothing i'm telling you man i've been saying talk for like every time he never gets it he, he can never get it straight yeah i never can i just feel like talk so close, is though. talk is just a better word bro i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to hit up quinn on that but ladies and gentlemen it is what is it probably like 75 degrees outside today gert yeah, pretty gloomy right now because I think it's about to. Yeah, it's about to storm itself. hard. Yeah, it's about to storm hard, and it feels like that's all we get now. It's just storms, like once a week, just bad storms. Yeah, it's but, awesome living in Kentucky for yeah. that reason right there. Yeah, but anyway, how you doing, Gert? You know, I'm I'm great. Um, there's nothing new for me ever. I've got nothing going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I live a pretty boring life, to be quite honest. Memorial Day weekend coming up on us, though, you know. Yes. And the playoffs is also winding down. Yeah, playoffs are on. winding down. The uh, Western and Eastern Conference Finals are coming to a close, potentially. Um, and, you know, obviously that's what we're here to talk about today, guys. But um, before we get into that, quick news. Not relating to basketball whatsoever. Kimi Raikkonen, 2007 F1 world champion, recently retired with Alfa Romeo Orlin Racing. He is going to the NASCAR Cup Series for a race at Watkins Glen in the Trackhouse Racing Car, number 94, 91, something of the sort. Well, that's cool. Uh, it's not his first time doing it. He raced NASCAR trucks back in, like, 2010, 9, something, 6. I don't know. Something around there. But cool to see Kimi Raikkonen coming back to NASCAR. That's uh, really it. I just wanted to exclaim uh, that to the crowd. I just feel like that's a downgrade for him. Like, just oh, yeah, like... but he, he, he was old. He's old. He just can't hang in F1 that. anymore. And he was in a bad car, the Alfa Romeo. Not the greatest car in the world. However, Valtteri Botas doing a wonderful job in Alfa Romeo this season. Um, shout out to him. Anyway, we're here to talk about basketball. Which series would you like to start with? Obviously, this is going to be a short episode, guys. We only have two series to talk about. And to be frank, if you're listening to a basketball podcast, you're probably at least a casual basketball fan, and there's nothing really to dissect here. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, yeah. blowout, blowout game after blowout game. Yeah. Just. Um, <clears throat> but we'll go ahead and start with Boston men, Boston Miami. How about Jimmy Butler's inability in the last three games? Yeah, it's. You know, a lot of people could say it's based on injuries. Um, I think it could be that, but I also think it's a mix of just Jimmy Butler's just not like a superstar. Or not a super well, depends on what you consider a superstar. Jimmy Butler's very good at basketball, but I think he's just a a little bit above average all star, if that makes sense. Like I don't think yeah. he's a superstar level player. He can't carry yeah. it by himself, yada yada yada. But like he shows flashes, but like he's not like a Luca or a Steph where he's just gonna score 35 40 every single game because he can. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think when you're a player of Jimmy Butler's caliber, you're in a weird threshold, like you said, where you're better than an all-star, but you're not a superstar yet. You don't maybe don't have the necessary, necessary skill set to be a superstar. But what troubles me, or I guess not troubles me, I guess to be honest, it's kind of the opposite. It relieves me. Because, you know, I don't like Jimmy Butler at all, but I feel like everybody in that threshold is due for a bad game. Unfortunately, he's just had due for a bad stretch of games. Now, granted, game one, two, and three, or sorry, game one and two, he played very well. He, he was everywhere. You know, he was on the offensive end getting it done. He was talking on defense, leading the team, being the defensive anchor, along with Bam Adebayo. It's, it's just casual, I guess. It's just casual play that we see from Jimmy Butler. I think he's trying too hard to show love to his teammates, and that leads to him getting out of his rhythm. You know, he's out of his flow, not necessarily able to put on the show that we know he can put on. Yeah, I feel like peak Jimmy Butler is uh, a Jimmy Butler that is totally ball dominant and is not really worried about everyone else getting theirs in yeah. a sense. Like, he's obviously not just soloing, mm-hmm. he's, mm-hmm. but he's more focused on getting his touches. He's like a... Like peak James Harden almost. Like he's gonna pass the ball, but when he wants to and when it like is needed. Yeah. Like the best like the like I said, the best Jimmy Butler is one that is worried about getting all his looks and like getting his looks early and getting into that rhythm you were talking about and then just kinda making sure he stays in that spot the rest of the game. Yeah, I can agree with that. And also I think we're not giving Boston's defense enough credit because Boston does have the best defense in the NBA. So holding Jimmy Butler to 4-18 and 18 in Game 5 is big. And, you know, that's something else that can throw him out of his rhythm is, you know, that amazing defense. Yeah, it doesn't help Jimmy Butler that he has to be guarded by a mix of Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart all the time. And yeah. sometimes Jason Tatum. Obviously, Jason Tatum's not known for the defense. Oh, yeah. He's still nothing to scoff at. Oh, yeah. No, he's still a, he's still a good defender. We saw it in games against LeBron and even against KD. And the likes of Giannis, you know, he does get it done defensively. He might not be, you know, a an elite defender. He might not be, you know, the best defender on his team because, you know, he has the best defender in the NBA. But, I mean, I think that definitely throws players off and that definitely gets them, like I said, touching on it a million times at this point, getting him out of his rhythm. And that's really, at the end of the day, just the name of the game. You know, you got to be in your rhythm if you're going to score. And, you know, Jimmy Butler being, you know, combining for 19 points these past two games, and I think even like 26 or 27 the past three games, Boston's defense is really stepping it up. They're doing their job. Yep, and it's making it a lot harder on Jimmy and Bam and easier on Boston. Tyler Hero's been out two games right he was out games four and five and yeah. i don't know what the outlook is for game six either um if he's out again i think boston fit like just ends the series right there i think that he is integral to their uh offense i think that's a word yeah um i know max strew stress however you say it has been struggling heavily as well yeah and that's oh. it's not what you need when hero's out you need him just <sighs> clicking yeah but you can't really blame him because he's not He's not supposed to be a Tyler hero. You know what I mean? No, he's not. So, you know, it sucks. But 
yeah, you know, if he could step up, that'd be great. But if he doesn't, I don't really think you can throw shade on him or hate on him. And I think one more thing to touch on in that series is that uh, Bam Adebayo is inadvertently scared of uh, Time Lord. <laughs> not, it's not like a fact, but he definitely plays uh, worse when the Time Lord is in. Yeah, but unfortunately, the Time Lord's just in and out, you know, out of games. And when he's in the game, restricted minutes. It's, yeah, it's tough. I don't know if we'll be able to see him healthy if he, if Boston advances, but it'd be nice to see. It would definitely be nice to see. But, you know, when it comes to the side of Boston, I think they're firing on all cylinders. No, I think they're just playing a good game. Yeah, I think I think they're almost a lock for the finals at this point. It seems like all the air is kind of out of the Miami bubble. It it yeah. seemed like they were so hot and playing so well early on in the playoffs. It seems like they've just lost all of that. Mm-hmm. And probably because of the injuries and that kind of took their sense of momentum away. And uh I think that's where they're at. All Depot's been playing good, but it's not yeah. enough. Yeah, but uh, for Jason Tatum, men, this year's playoffs averaging 27. Um, let's see here. Six and a half rebounds, six assists, a steal and a half a game, a block a game. He's, he's, really turn- he's really just taking that next step. You know, we knew he was a superstar, but he was a, he was a young superstar, you know, so we didn't really, like, blame him if he had a bad series, you know. He had a bad stretch in the regular season, but I think he's here. He is he is Jason Tatum and he is elite. Elite. Like, and what's even more elite. impressive about his numbers is he's had like three or four games that have been terrible too. Yeah. Like I'm, games three game three or four, he shot like four of fifteen or something from the field, something atrocious, and only scored eleven or twelve points. Like he's he still is having those like regular season Jason Tatum games. Which mm-hmm. is still kind of where he's got to get past to be a KD, LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi type player, right? He's still got to get past that struggle game because they don't struggle anymore. Yeah, those those caliber players they play good all the time in the playoffs. They like they'll have the regular season woes, whatever. But once the playoff comes, it's back just like that. Yeah, there's no there's no miss missing a beat with them. I agree, I agree, and you know, <clears throat> I think Jalen Brown right now doing his part to being the sidekick to Jason Tatum. You know, he's averaging 23, 7 and 3 and a half with a steal and a half a game, half a block a game. He's doing the perfect job at I don't know what I don't know how to say it, but just be the supporting character for Jason Tatum. Yeah. You know, he's not taking his touches away, but there are situations where if Tatum isn't feeling it or you know, the shots aren't going down for Tatum, He'll get it to Jalen Brown, and Jalen Brown will get it done. And, you know, and then some. Yeah, it's very much becoming with them a Stephen Clay or a, like, peak Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum type situation. Yeah. like you I was thinking, like, LeBron, D. Wade. That, too. Type. Sorry, I was trying. I couldn't think of them. Yeah. But, yeah, that's probably the best comparison right there, uh, where it's just like you just have to pick your poison every offensive possession. Mm-hmm. You really don't have to like you don't have a choice anymore because Jalen Brown has become so good offensively yeah like like he's had a 40 point game this series even he carried them in that game when Tatum I think that was the bad this is when Tatum had the bad game that I was talking about is Jalen Brown had 40 that night it's like like you said he perfectly balances out yep time lord is the Chris Bosh of that team just saying that 
Yeah. And Marcus Smart is... I was going to call him the Mario Chalmers, but that's kind of disrespectful. Marcus Smart is way better than Mario Chalmers. Facts. But... He's the offensive side of Mario Chalmers. Yeah. But, uh, you know, moving on, we've got Dallas and Golden State. I... <clears throat> There's nothing to dissect in this series, man. It's it's the Lucas show. It is the Lucas show with some Spencer Dinwiddie meaningful minutes. And it's just they're going up against the dynasty, man. We thought they were done. We thought they were taking a step back. But here they are, man. One game away from being in the finals. Again. Yeah, how quickly we forget when everybody's kind of off and on and heard all the time on the Warriors how good they really are. Yeah. Because the team hasn't really changed the core in five or six years. Yeah. Maybe longer than that. Like as far as them being good. So like I say, how quickly we all forget how good they really are when everybody's on and off the court, can't stay healthy, yada yada yada. And I love the Mavs, but their role players are just falling back into their old habits to where they just don't give Luca anything. Yep. And that's why they were down 3-0, and that's why they're going to lose a series, in my opinion. I don't think that the Mavs can come back. I just think being down three games and having to win four straight to go to the finals is just not yeah. happening for any team, really. Like, and, you know, I saw something the other day. I forgot who said it. It might have been Max Kellerman. Uh, maybe Nick Wright. Is that the LeBron guy? Nick Wright? Yeah. Um, I forgot who it was, but they said Luka is one step away from being like a Magic or a Giannis or a LeBron. And that is he has to make his teammates better. He does not do that yet. And I agree. I agree 100%. Luka is, you know, probably my favorite player in the league right now. Um, I mean, I love the guy. Like, I love his game. It's so nice. But he does not make his teammates better. And I thought that was maybe false when I saw the performance of like Dorian Finney-Smith over the course of the last few years forming into what we kind of donned in this podcast as the perfect role player. Um, but uh, playoff time comes around and all those role players, even like Jalen Brunson, who's a good third option on that team, is falling, oh, sorry, falling behind heavily. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't tell if you were about to say something else because you no, no, you're good. But Luca, I think that comes from for Luca. It has to be more leadership stuff. Like you don't see Luca. Luca's gonna get everybody open, like LeBron or Magic or Giannis can. But it's not. It's like the leader thing, right? It's like something about how he carries himself with the team. I guess I don't know how I could say it, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, like it's he. He's not selfish or anything. I just don't think he's naturally built to lead like that yeah like to get everybody to the next step he can get there for sure he's only 24 23 whatever 23 he is. something yeah plenty of time left to do that he's just got to get there like that's just not who he is currently um i think that jason kidd is probably going to be a big help for that like i, I didn't think jason kidd was going to be a good option but he has gotten these through the playoffs up into the warriors series he had gotten these role players bought in so well to where the other coaches had faltered and they were giving Luca exactly what he needed. So Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I think it'll come along in the next couple of years. And I think if they keep Jason Kidd, it'll kinda of help him get there. But I just think he's kind of a quiet person and that's why it's not that way yet. For yeah. Him. 
Granted, Dorian Finney-Smith did have 23 points in game four. So, you know, I kind of, you know, dropped the ball with that take. But, you know, that's just one game. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's kind of been this theme over the course of the entire playoffs. You know, it's just been Luka. Luka and everybody else. Now, granted, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie, I'm making them sound worse than it really is. They, they're doing fine. You know, they are doing fine second and third option things for the most part. Yep. But for Luka to get here is already just monumental, in my opinion. It's nuts with Without what he big. has around him. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, what were you going to say? Yeah, Sorry. I was, I was going to say that I think the it's not Brunson or Dimwitty, it's Kleba and Bullock. Like they have struggled this series outside of the fourth game and they yeah. still weren't great. Like I'm pretty sure they combined like 0 of 15 from three in game two or three. Like just something, something like that have from you, your two. But then shooters, they came right? back, but then they came back. Game they four, they nailed them all. They did, but that's like. Well, they got down. It wasn't Dimwitty. It wasn't Brunson. It wasn't Luca. It was those two. Like, yeah. They, because those games weren't blowouts. Like they were always oh, no. close. I oh think yeah. There's one blowout, but that's the difference, right? It's It's do the Mavericks shooters are they hitting right? Because you know mm-hmm. the Warriors are gonna hit every time. Yeah. They're they. That's just how they are. Um, but I do think that it's just too late for the Mavs. Um, and I think I'm gonna get my dream finals matchup for this year. Yeah. Warrior Celtics would be extremely fun to watch. And, you know, just something to touch on for the Warriors here real quick before we depart. Um, I think the Warriors just are amazing at drafting at the end of the day. They're amazing at drafting and they're amazing at building teams because you look at, let's see, game four here. They have the young, and like, I use this word, and it's going to sound so cringe, but the Warriors bench have that swagger to them that young players, sh- yeah, I know that young players should have. J- like, think about it though: the way Jordan Poole plays, come on, that just screams swagger with the way he plays. Yeah. Same thing with Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga, when he is confident on an NBA floor, is really, really good and can develop into a really, really good player. Same thing with Moses Moody. I've always been high on Moses Moody, have been since the beginning of the season. When I watched him in Summer League, when I was on a dreaded vacation, and all I did was sit there on the TV and watch Summer League games, Moses Moody impressed me insanely. And so, you know, you have Damian Lee, who has earned his keep on the team. He's just kind of there, you know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, Damian Lee, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, Jordan Poole, and, you know, even Nemanja Bialica sometimes. He they just come off the bench and they play with so much heart and they play with so much pace that you think it's the starters on the floor. So you have Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevon Looney, who Kevon Looney is, I don't know how, but so advanced into his NBA career, he is getting better, which is weird because the past, like however many years, he's been the same player to a T every single season. And just now he's just starting to get better. So I don't really don't, I really don't know how that's happening, but I'm not going to complain. Then you have Draymond, obviously, and you have all-star starter Andrew Wiggins on the team. Baller. And then it's like, okay, surely when that unit goes out, we'll be fine. But no, here comes Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody to just run up the score on you even more. 
like, here's my problem with Steve Kerr right now. Kaminga is, uh, like, doesn't play. Like, so I went and looked because I was curious. In game one, he played five minutes, right? No yeah. points. Or no, he had two points. Well, then he doesn't play games two or three, plays game four. He scored 17. And I'm looking yeah. through, and I was like looking at the rest. He played, he did not play in Memphis's, in game four against Memphis, right? Whatever. Well, they put him in, in games three and in games five, and he averaged 17 and a half points over those two games. So like, I'm like super confused on what Steve Kerr's method is. Is like, does he want to hide him and just make people forget about him and then throw him in? Or does he just think he hurts them? Because I will say in those three games I mentioned that he played, they lost two of them. So yeah, like, what's the strategy there? You think? I'm curious. What, what's your? Yeah, what do you think about that? I. It might come down to a discipline thing. Uh, maybe Jonathan Kaminga and Steve Kerr don't get along. Maybe there's something there. I have zero clue. Um, but obviously, you know, the Warriors are in the position they're in. Steve Kerr is, you know, kind of the coach, so he's kind of the reason they're there. So I mean, whatever he sees, I guess it's the right call, but. From an outside perspective, I just feel like Jonathan Kaminga makes the Warriors better when he's on the court. Yep, I'm with you. Especially because you have Otto Porter, who you can't really rely on that much. Like, he's had a fine year compared to the last couple. But Yeah, but just injuries, man. Clearly, yeah, he's clearly not reliable. They're missing Gary Payton, I think, more than it seems like. I agree. I know they're still winning games without him, but I think Gary Payton, the second, excuse me, for any of those who thought I was talking about the glove, um, he doesn't play anymore. But I really think he was very important for that team because they don't really have a backup point guard, uh, really. I don't think. Hold on. Not that he's a true point guard or anything, but I just feel like it was very beneficial for them to have him. Yeah. I feel like Juan Toscano-Anderson, probably their closest thing to a backup point. I mean, besides Jordan Poole, obviously. He's a freaking big. I know, but he plays so... Oh, man. Juan Toscano... Yeah. Juan Toscano-Anderson. If he just had some... I don't, I don't even know how to maybe? say it. Yeah, consistency. His He can play basketball. He can. It's so cool to watch him play. Uh, hey, zero minutes in game four, by the way. Not true. It's seven seconds played. Oh, well, that is zero <laughs> minutes. That's true. That's true. That is zero minutes. You almost got me. Yeah, almost, man. Almost. Oh. But Yeah, I think, I think both series are chalked. I think it's going to be Celtics-Warriors, to be honest. I agree. I agree. Um, but anyway, guys, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode of the Press Breaker Podcast. Um, you know, we kept it short. Uh, maybe, you know, hopefully next week these finals will be a little more in-depth. But, you know, there's really nothing beneath the surface, I guess you could say, with these series. It's really just obvious stuff. You know, everybody's playing to their capacity. Everybody, Everybody's playing how people expected them to play. Mavs role players not doing too good. I feel like everybody expected that. Warriors playing out of their mind. Everybody expected that. Same thing with the Celtics and Heat. Anyway, guys, hope you did enjoy the episode. If you did, make sure to hit that like button, favorite button, subscribe, whatever you got to do to show your support on whatever platform you're listening to. Go check out All You Need to Know. Go check out their podcast. It's a good show. Funny. I laugh every single time I listen to it. And uh, we will see you guys next Thursday. Or sorry, next Friday. 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. And uh, stay safe. And uh, 